0: Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of The Cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at The Cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Another blessed day here at the cafe. Hopefully you're having a great day, a great week. Pastor Clark Covington here. Another episode. Man, we're just chugging lighter right along here in Genesis 2. We're now on verse 19. Amen. So we've gone through Genesis 2, looking at the creation of the Garden of Eden, putting man in there to tend to it. And guess what? He creates woman. He has this thought. He says, you know what? It's not good that man should be alone. I'll make him someone to help him, a counterpart. And now we have verse 19, and I'll read it here. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Okay. Like, man... You're just seeing so much of the love of God in this chapter. You're seeing so much of God's great, sovereign, loving character. Like, this should make us praise God because he's in all control. He has all power. And what a God to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and out of the ground, everything that I've made, every beast of the field, every bird in the air... I'm going to bring everything I've made and I'm going to bring them to Adam. (laughs) Like, I'm going to bring them here and see what he would call them. (laughs) You know, whatsoever he called them. Yeah. Every living creature, that's going to be their name. You're like, what an awesome responsibility, you know? And I don't know all of the language differences, the dialects and so forth. I don't know uh, exactly, like, did Adam just look at, you know, a bird and say, that's bird, you know, or, you know, over time, you know, maybe it was a a GERD or a bird, and then over time it became a bird. I don't know. But the idea that like today, everything we refer to when it comes to animals, right? That came from there in the Bible that came from Adam, you know, it came from God's first creation And I know for the scientists out there, yeah, they found a new fish or whatever under the water and the scientist gives it a cool name. Okay, but generally speaking, all the living creatures that God had made at that time, Adam got to name. He had that responsibility. And that just shows great love from God. I mean, think about this. In the previous verse, God's looking at Adam 10 in the garden saying, you know what? It's not good that he's alone. I'm going to make him a help, you know? And I'm so glad that I have a help amen you know uh I my wife tells me all the time I'm spoiled and she's right you know and uh she was busy we you know we do homeschool sometimes we get it done quickly, but a lot of times it goes throughout the day. And so she was tending some homeschool stuff last night. I said, what's for dinner? She said, I don't know, make something I mean, like the fear that came over me at the command to make something on my own. I'm glad that God made woman for the very fact that, uh, I've had a lot of good meals, you know, at her, at her expense, at her time and effort. So I'm so glad for that, you know, because when I'm on my own, I'm like, uh Oh, practically make myself sick trying to cook something that I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but either way, I thank God for for His uh, help. Meet amen? a man meet that is, you know, M E E T. So someone that is helpful, meant for me, or uh, a counterpart to me. I thank God for that. And I'm sure if you have a good spouse, you do too, a good godly one. Uh, but at the same time, God has a lot of love. And I'll say this too: like I grew up in a family where everybody I knew, uh, pretty much, was divorced, and. My mom never remarried. My grandma never remarried. I mean, you know, it's absolutely, like, devastating. And I will say this, like, just because you've been divorced doesn't mean that You know, God doesn't love you, you know, or you can get no help. You know, there's a lot of Bible that backs up and Paul writes about that. You know, if you can help it and you just want to be sold out to God, it's, it's even better not to have a spouse. Like you could just be sold out to God. And it's a really incredible scripture to read. But if you can contain yourself and not get in trouble, so to speak. Uh, then, you know, you don't have to be married. You can, because if you're not, then you don't have any responsibility, all those responsibilities that come along with being married and having kids and so forth. So for those that are listening that maybe don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, if they're younger or aren't married, Man, that same God that loved Adam so much to give him help is the same God that loves you so much and is more than willing to help you and come alongside and bless you and give you peace as you live for him, amen? And so what we're gonna do is after we get back from the break, we're gonna look at a few ways that God giving Adam this great responsibility of naming all creation shows us the character of God and some lessons here for us today. So hang in there, we'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right, so we see in verse 19 that the Lord made all creation, right? And and I think that that's important to point out because in verse 19 it says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, So where do they come from? They came from out of the ground. Who formed them? God formed them. So it's very important that we continue to keep in mind the sovereignty and creative power that God has and has used. Amen. It wasn't like Adam had any part in this creation other than to be created. And then what does he do? He brings them to Adam. And what is that a picture of? I mean, number one, humility. You know, God desires us to be humble. And one of the many reasons I believe that God loves humility and hates pride, amen, Uh, one of the many reasons why is because he himself is humble. And this is an example of that, right? This is an example of that. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. And he's going to lift you up because he knows what it's like to be humble. Here he is. I mean, Again, God has all knowledge, past, present, and future. He is going to Adam and saying, name these creatures, knowing that Adam is going to betray the one rule that God had for him in creation to not eat of the tree of the uh, the knowledge of good and evil. He knew it. God already knew it. But God says, here you go. In my humility, I'm going to allow you to be a partaker in the naming of creation. What an awesome responsibility from an awesome God who absolutely loved him so much that he allowed him to do this. That's great humility. And you say, Brother Clark, where do we see God's humility in the New Testament? Well, how about in the person of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was the most humble individual to ever walk the face of the earth. Jesus Christ was born in a manger because there was no room in the inn I don't know about you but and I'm allergic too but I'll tell you what I don't I mean I don't even prefer like we sometimes we we travel we'll stay in the motel the road roadside lodge or whatever but if I can help it I'll look not for the nicest hotel don't get me wrong but for like a really clean one or a new one okay God the creator of all things says that's fine I'll be born in a manger he Jesus Christ, came from Nazareth. You know, Nathaniel says in the Bible, what good can come from Nazareth? It was like a know-nothing town. It was a no-good town. So born not even in the proper place from a town that was known for nothing good. Okay. The Bible says that Jesus was of no good report. He wasn't, he didn't look like some superstar, amen. He wasn't walking around like some model. And now, again, all of these things led up to a lot of the unbelief in the Jews because they were looking for Messiah. They were looking for the, the the kingly king and all the accoutrements that come for that, come with that. And what did they see? They saw lowly Jesus, humble, meek. You know, the rich man said, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. Jesus said, I don't have a place to lay in my head. You want to follow me? Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he went away sad because he didn't want to do that. But Christ didn't have anything, didn't have a place to lay his head, had to ask Peter to show him a penny when taxes were due. I mean, he had nothing. He had nothing. That's humility. Look, if I have a creation, if I create like a little place, and I and my people that I created are acting bad, and I need to go there and explain to them what's going on. I'm coming in all kinds of majesty, amen. I'm coming with a boom. I'm coming with a big, a big hello. Oh, everyone's gonna see me, and everyone's gonna know I'm the God, I'm king. He comes lowly and meek and humble. And what does he do? He goes and seeks out those that are humble and meek. He goes to seek the lowly, the brokenhearted, and the Beatitudes. In Matthew, he mentions, blessed are the broken in spirit, the contrite in spirit, the brokenhearted, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Why? Because they realize their need. The very first message I ever preached, I have it recorded somewhere, was on Zacchaeus, you know, the, the, the tax collector, so short he had to climb in a tree to see Jesus. Clearly he had been corrupt because he said, I'm going to restore everybody that I've corrupted fourfold or whatever it was. He went and said, I'm going to eat. Salvation's coming to your house. I'm going to eat at your house. He, he, he saved the lost, amen, and he's still doing it. And oftentimes in order for us to really see the humility in Jesus, we have to realize our own despair, our own depravity, our own faults, our own shortcomings, and when we realize who we are at the heart of it, then we know how good he is. Amen. Then we know how good he is. We see in this design a partnership, right? A partnership, just like God had made woman to help and be a counterpart to man, God is allowing man to help and be a counterpart to him, right? He's made in God's image. He's given dominion over the plants and over the animals. And now God's saying, here, you name them. You know, here they all are. I created them. Now you name them. I mean, again, that looks like a partnership. What what makes that so unique and so special is what's happened since then. Okay. Did Adam take this partnership and say, Thank you, Lord creator. This is getting better and better. Oh, I, amen. I'm, I cannot believe this. God almighty is allowing me to do this. You know, can you imagine if God asked you to name his creation? I'd about fall over. You know, if God asked me for a cup of tea, I wouldn't, I'd be speechless. I'd be breathless. John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to unloose his shoe. Amen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to talk, you know, and talk about no tears in heaven or God's going to wipe away the tears. I would be, I'd be crying my eyes out. I, I I don't know what I could say. To God Almighty, but He said to Adam, "Go ahead and name name these animals. Name all the creation. You go ahead and do it." And Adam falls into sin not because of anything unique to him, but because of the nature of man is sinful, and that sinful nature entered the Garden of Eden when the serpent, the devil, tricked Adam and Eve. But they they were given free will. So that shows that they had the decision-making ability to stop, and they didn't. They didn't, because that sin was present. And what happens? They fall into sin, and then what happens? Adam and Eve are expelled from this Garden of Eden. So this partnership has changed drastically. And instead of Adam and Eve walking around happy, content, fellowship with God, in partnership with God, they are now In sin, they are out of the garden, they are going to be living a hard, hard life. Death has now entered the picture, things have changed dramatically, and it's been like that ever since. And we see the repercussions of sin, we see the evidence of sin every single day as we look all around this world. We see it everywhere in our own lives and the lives of others. We see the problems with sin everywhere, and our. Our, I believe, duty as Christians is to read Genesis 2, understand God's heart for us, and return to our first love, return to the God that wanted to have that relationship with Adam that was pure and holy and never-ending. There was never going to be death. Death didn't enter the picture until sin entered the picture. We need to return to Him, the true Lord Creator God, and we need to have faith that He is a real God and that, you know what, it pleases Him for us to simply believe. We don't do anything more, anything less. We simply believe in God, and we will please Him. We'll have salvation because we have accepted Christ as Savior. We can have a closeness with God. We'll have the comforter living within us, amen, and we'll have that ability to be used by God. And so instead of us doing the work, God is doing the work through us, and that's by the work of the Holy Spirit living within us when we get saved. But until we're saved and until we're right with God— He can't use us. He won't. Amen. The Bible says a bad tree cannot bear good fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. So we need to depart from sin. We need to repent today. We need to get right with God and get back to that loving relationship that we see here in the Garden of Eden between Adam and God in the very beginning there in Genesis 2. We need to get back to that relationship and that kind of love and that spirited, just great fellowship with God so that we can have that bond with Him now. And when we get to heaven, it'll be like just as it was here, but even better as we're close to Him and we can see Him and we can know Him as we are known. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.